Hello, and this is Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. So this is um, the second episode with James Courtney, who's the founder of Lux, which is um, a food tech startup, which is aiming to be MRs for the food industry. So last episode, we talked about the why. Why start up a business? What, um, or why it's kind of different today, having our own business rather than parents generation so we talked about um, yeah essentially the, the rules have changed it gives you more freedom and it, you can actually do biz, good essentially do good in businesses and we talked about what actually is an entrepreneur so it's solving people's problems looking for pain points and it moving resources from an area of low um, income to an area of high income essentially um, yeah, looking for better yields and a better return on your money. So James, thanks again for joining us. So today we're going to talk, we're going to give as much value as, as we can today. So we're talk, going to talk about how you can start a business. So if you're at home thinking, I've got a great idea, I just need to, gonna, yeah, would love to start an entrepreneurial journey myself, but I don't know where to start. We've got James, who's who was the top 10 entrepreneurs to watch in 2017. So we're going to kind of try and cover as much as possible so James thanks again for joining us thank you so if someone was at home um, and wanting to start a business what would you say what was gonna what kind of steps would you you must have seen you're in um, um, tell us more about the the accelerate you're in and kind of where you were picture yourself maybe the three years ago when you started your business and you you must be able to give um, the audience kind of insights into what they should do so tell us more about that well I think the first thing to say is not to necessarily throw yourself in on one idea straight away. Um, Obviously, you know, I love being an entrepreneur. I love what I do. Uh, You know, I I do recommend it to people that if it's right for them, definitely go for it. But what I've been most impressed with um, recently is seeing um, quite a few entrepreneurs actually launch their businesses as what people might call uh, a side hustle. Yeah, exactly. You know, have that stability of... Well, for, in my case, I was at university, yeah. and I was able to start. I started uh, Lux Rewards, my business, whilst at university. Yeah. So I was able to use that time um, at a point where you know I wasn't I wasn't dependent on having a regular income. Yeah. Um, but I've seen many others. Um, my friends at a company called Walkin. They were working at the Mars Grad Scheme. You know, testing, iterating, yeah. and building their product on the side, you know, on weekends and evenings, yeah. to a point where they'd actually validated enough of that to have that um, reassurance that actually they were on something, people yeah. were willing to pay for their product. Um, and they actually, as an example, um, went straight from their job straight into the Just Eat uh, Accelerator program yeah. alongside myself, which came with £20,000 ah, investment. Wow. So from day one, they had money in the business, yeah. but they you know, they, they didn't have a standing start. They'd already spent many, many months um, working on their business and, and uh, you know, getting it to a very good prototype phase. Yeah. So th- that's something that I'd, I'd recommend is, you know, see how much validation you can do yeah. and building of the founding team um, yeah. at the start. Yeah, I totally agree. To start and actually generate income or profits straight away, it's, it's, it is extremely hard from any, uh, any business. It usually takes two, three years before you're actually generating a good profit. I would also add to that, if you, if it's rather than inventing your own products, so I've invented a board game that I'm releasing um, called Football Formation Asset Allocation, rather than actually creating your own products, you can actually sell other, other people's products, which you get a lot of um, training, a lot of resources, and it's it's almost like a, 
kind of a stepping stone towards having your own business yourself. So when I say you, other people's products, you could be, if you're an accountant, you could work for, there's plenty of kind of accountancy practices that essentially it's like a, um, like a business model that you use. So you use their their systems, their brand, their, um, their kind of their processes. And it's not, you're not actually, starting fresh essentially it's because you've got you're using their experience and their kind of their knowledge it's not as kind of full-on as starting your business by yourself so cash is king in business as I'm sure you're you're aware you've been through a few funding rounds Mm. so yeah tell us more about the different funding rounds and why you decided to go kind of funding yourself and um, what what you would look for in investors yeah, so I think one thing to touch on is, uh, for me, there's two different types of businesses. One is what I'd call a lifestyle business. Yeah. And the other is what I'd call a kind of maybe a scalable tech yeah. business. Yeah. And they're very different in the ways that you would operate, in yeah. the ways that you would fundraise, and in what's right for you. Neither is right or wrong. Um, a lifestyle business tends to be a business that is more based on having members of your team whether that be kind of like consultancy or an agency yeah. or a lot of more traditional businesses that take you know decades to to grow and involve hiring many many more people to fulfill that um, and that's great the great thing about that is that the risk level is much lower yeah so um, you know it still is high risk starting your own business yeah. but actually it might be on a kind of well-trodden path as you were yeah. kind of indicating there and therefore the risks are slightly lower but the returns are slightly lower as yeah. well on the other side of these scalable tech businesses, um, you know the ones that you would have heard of, obviously Uber and uh, and others like that, that utilise this technology and utilise um, the ability, you know, with that technology can grow much much faster yeah. without actually having to grow their team at the same yeah. rate. Now, for Lux fits into the scalable um, tech startup category yeah. because. Uh, for instance, this year we're aiming to go from a few thousand users to over a million yeah. users, um, and technology allows you to do that. So, f- for for businesses like Lux that are in the scalable um, tech startup market, we require investment. Yeah. Very few of us gain, you know, a, a breaking even from from day one, or yeah. even you know after a few years. Lux, for instance, is not is not profit making. Yeah. Um, and I don't envision it will be for at least another year. Okay. Um, so therefore, we require investment in order to fund ourselves. Yeah. And the routes that Lux has taken is a combination of angel investment um, and also um, crowdfunding. So just to explain, angel investing is a bit like Dragon's Den. If I'm where you'd go and yes. pitch, you pitch your idea, and then someone who's generally a high net worth individual, so he's got a lot of money, they they actually get tax incentives to um, invest in companies. Whereas crowdfunding, it's more kind of you're selling your business. Are you selling equity in, in when you do crowdfund? Yes, yeah, so there's two, yeah. There's two main types of crowdfunding. One is kind of product crowdfunding which is a bit like Kickstarter where you kind of pre-order a product and the other is equity crowdfunding and that's what we're doing so where um, you can go online um, we're actually raising crowdfunding at the moment um, so if you go on Crowdcube you can invest as little as, as £10 on there um, obviously uh, disclaimer there that capital is always at risk yeah. Um, but yes we're raising equity crowdfunding now the two are actually very 
do overlap quite strongly because a lot of angel investors do actually invest on crowdfunding platforms. Okay. So what you do is you'll, you'll have a mix of, for instance, Lux currently, uh, our total is about £180,000 that we've raised. Now about 100000 of that has come from angel investors yeah. that we've spoken to and they've um, kind of understood idea, our idea and they tend to invest somewhere between, say, five and 50000 Yeah. Um, and then the rest has come from the crowd hence uh, crowdfunding yeah so those are everyone you know friends family yeah consumers so um, it's super high risk though this is not w- w- risk is a slippery and elusive concept but if you're at home thinking you're going to invest I, w- I think of it like a football team so this is like your striker of your football team this is the one that's going to get you goals but essentially potentially could lose a lot of goals if oh that, yes. if that yeah. makes sense so I would always say start off with you know, you have a defence, a midfield, and attack. So have a, a well diverse portfolio before. And even if you don't, this is way on the speculation scale. So don't invest anything that you wouldn't worry. To, if you don't invest anything that you're not afraid to lose on this this kind of crowdfunding. But if you like, I, I don't necessarily disagree with crowdfunding myself. If you like the product, and I think it's a good way for businesses to generate cash, um, and it can be a good way to support the business that you like. Mm-hmm. But as a yeah, as a holistic investment, I would not necessarily say don't put all, don't go all in on kind of one crowd, one business. Because even we talk about this in the past in other podcasts, where if you're investing in just one business, that's super high risk. You, you actually increase your risk by sixty percent um, by just one spread your risk around different com- companies. But yeah, as a term in, in in terms of kind of crowdfunding with other people, it's yeah, it's a good way of uh, raising capital, raising money. Um, yeah, and certain businesses are more suited to crowdfunding than others. So if you've got a large uh, user base, yeah. then that's a really good way because you can reach out to your actual customers who've experienced your product um, and say, hey, yeah. you love what we're doing at Lux. Why don't you um, invest in us and benefit from our future success? Yeah, um, It's also good if it's something that uh, investors and kind of everyday people can understand. So something yeah. that isn't too overly technical, um, but the you know everyday p- person can go okay I'd love to have a reward scheme for restaurants that, that yeah. I can understand yeah so I think Lux is quite you know it fits quite well with the crowdfunding model yeah. we've we've been very lucky to be successful um, well this will be two cra- two rounds on Crowdcube and yeah and two rounds on uh, on Angel's Den as well okay cool and you're in we talked about it's accelerate as well so being so, so ra- when I say accelerated there's a number of schemes where you essentially you're putting with other startups and the way the way people learn and the way through people improve is being surrounded by other people so if you're in an environment where you learn a lot um, you're in a, with the other people with similar ideas similar um, kind of goals and aspirations being in an accelerator like that can actually improve your business quite a lot I was in a um, an accelerator with um, a, comp- a company with um, and it was wealth management essentially startup and yeah it's not a startup so an accelerator where essentially I was put in a room with 15 other people for six months where we kind of um, did exams for financial advice and we were surrounded by kind of other experts who also are looking to become wealth managers I, I've now moved on from that and created money tips but as as an experience I would highly recommend it you're you're surrounded by um, yeah six other people who are interested it also you have kind of accountability as well like it's so easy to start on your own and think actually what are my goals and where do I want to achieve if you've got someone holding you accountable saying you said you were going to do this five months ago where are you now or how can you improve that was really good for me and also system as well so being an entrepreneur I 
I found myself systems are really challenging. Technology moves so quickly that actually finding systems to essentially make your business more efficient and make the customer um, easier for the customer. But being in this accelerate for me, they kind of introduced you to different kind of systems and it made things much easier. So, yeah, tell me about, tell me about your experience in, in being an accelerator. Yeah, so we, we've engaged with, with a number of accelerators over the years um, and gained different things from each one. Um, I, I would caution that, you know, uh, there are pros and cons, obviously. Yeah. Um, normally, there's a certain amount of kind of commitment that you have to give yeah. to them, and some accelerators do charge equity. Yeah. None of the ones we were part of did actually. We were so we've been part of uh, Set Squared, which is a university-based accelerator. Uh, Just Eat, who invested in us, but yeah. they also ran a food tech-specific accelerator. Okay. And we've also been in uh, NatWest Accelerator for a okay. number of years. Um, it's been really beneficial for us for a few reasons. Firstly, the coaching aspect. Yeah. Like said having that accountability yeah. but also you know external perspective yeah. on what you're doing yeah. to help you kind of manage your time effectively and set the right targets that's yeah. been great the community's been excellent here in we're currently speaking in the NatWest Accelerator yeah, here thank in, you for NatWest for letting us use your offices yeah <laughs> here in London and um, yeah there's about 60 60 plus um, startups here uh, and we you know share share learnings help each other um, there's a really good community feel here um, and, and finally, you know, whilst it's not the purpose of the accelerators, you know, you do get free office space as part of it. So in terms of managing this investment, you know, Lux has been running for th around three years now um, and the average team size has been three or four people. Yeah. So, um, you know, in London, a, a desk in a WeWork is £600 a month per person. Yeah. So if you think how much money we've saved by never, we've never paid for an office in yeah. our entire uh, existence and we've probably saved, you know, comfortably tens of thousands of pounds so yeah, um, yeah those three things we've uh, you know gained a huge amount from and I definitely recommend especially if you're in the kind of uh, more scalable businesses that uh, you know these accelerators can really kind of push you on that that growth journey yeah um, and there are actually some training sessions here as well so if there's any topic you know especially if you're a younger entrepreneur some some areas that you haven't covered before they taught us about finance about investment about marketing about leadership and building your team and and all those aspects so yeah it's yeah definitely, I d definitely the experience and education you learn from being surrounded by people it's it, it almost can't yeah you you can't beat that really by working i guess that there's a image of an entrepreneur like kind of working on his own in a in a, in a basement mm -hmm. somewhere or like in a, you know what's it like in there um, garage or something but yeah entrepreneurship is a team effort like you I found that you can't be an expert in everything I've outsourced a lot of work to uh, like web design to I've created um, as I mentioned previously I've created this this board game and I had a, um, a guy in Ecuador do all my um, um, design and everything and it looks amazing so yeah stuff you basically have a know your skill set and you can essentially outsource stuff you're not necessarily strong at um, but yeah, so that's that's fantastic. And it, so coming on to kind of education and kind of experience, we talked about books or we talked about kind of um, different things that you've that you learned from you. I mean, for me, um, Four Hour Work Week is a, a kind of a must read if you're an entrepreneur. That's we talked about like time saving time that gave me kind of essentially where does your time go and how you can improve it. Um, I'm a massive fan of Peter Drucker, but that's that's quite kind of. Um, 
uh, almost going down an academic route. I'm a massive book nerd, so that I wouldn't necessarily read read that. But uh, Dan Priestley, Entrepreneur's Revolution. If yeah, def- for the ten pound you pay for that, it's definitely worth it if you're thinking about starting your own business. Any other books you want to add to it, or any quotes to, to kind of finish, or any kind of people that have inspired any entrepreneurs that you think might be um, your kind of want to emulate or <laughs> so I definitely recommend uh, the unfair advantage um, okay. that just came out last week actually I was at their their launch event um, by Ash Alley who is the CMO I believe at um, Just Eat okay. um, and they talk about it's, it's him and his partner uh, business partner Hassan uh, who invested to get invested in quite a few startups together, okay. and they started, you know, having a bit of a kind of ethos on on why they would invest. Yeah, and a key thing for them were these unfair advantages. Yeah, and how you as this is you as an individual. Yeah, how you can use your unfair advantages to um, create a very valuable business. Okay, um, is that because of your own experience, or how how would you have an unfair advantage? Yes, they've got a. a uh, framework called um, Miles, um, okay. and it, it covers covers a few things. But yeah, one might the first one is M, for instance. So if you have money, that okay, gives you yeah, a certain yeah. unfair advantage. Yeah. Um, if you have a certain kind of education and experience, yeah. again, you know that. Yeah. And yeah. Another one is insight. If you have a, you know, you spotted that gap okay. in the market. So it's playing on those strengths and weaknesses that you yeah. have to to apply that to a business setting but th- that's just one part of the book and they yeah. talk much broadly about what you know how you should start a business and what they look for when they're investing and what they've seen you know help businesses be successful so I think it'd be a really interesting read and I yeah. definitely check that out um, yeah Okay, cool. Uh, Eric Reed, uh, Reese, the the lead startup, is, yeah, is an obvious one. Yeah, I, definitely. We've talked about that previous podcast, but I'm a big fan. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's yeah. Again, especially if you're in the um, you know scalable tech startup space, yeah. it talks about you know testing your assumptions. So we we used that. We did a really useful exercise when we first started Lux, which was actually to write down every single assumption, no matter yeah. how basic that we had yeah. in Lux. Yeah. You know, will restaurants pay for it? How much will they pay? Um, you know, will people download our app? How yeah. much can we acquire a user for yeah. through marketing? All of these things, and we, we had over a hundred. Yeah. We then prioritised them, gave them colour scores on how confident we were, and the ones that we weren't confident on that were high priority. Yeah. We then set about doing short sprints yeah. to test and, and learn from them, and some we were right on, and some you know more assumptions than, than you might think you're actually incorrect on yeah. at the start. So that's definitely if you're thinking of starting out a business. Have a read of uh, the Lean Startup and and try and actually you mentioned about processes. Yeah. You know, really build that into your your team's processes to have these strict sprints and yeah. to to make sure that you're not just plowing ahead with a plan without actually being certain that that it's going to work. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 there's actually someone out there who wants this product. It's, you can be on time and on budget, but if if no one wants to actually buy this product, then it's kind of almost irrelevant why you're doing that. So that for mm. me, that was a big takeaway, and especially having kind of metrics as well. Like it sounds so obvious but like actually measuring yourself and then testing that and then measuring again so for me it's yeah you can go off and do something because it's fun but actually test it and actually see if it's if it's working essentially then kind of tweak it and then change so for me that was the kind of books I also add in uh, millennial money mindset if you want the fruits you need the roots it's uh, available now on Amazon that also covers quite a lot of the kind of entrepreneurial journey um, as well, but yeah, that's maybe I'm biased because it's, it's my <laughs> no, book. But thank you, Neil, for the for the for the copy today. Ah, no worries, no worries. So yeah. I'm definitely going to give this uh, a good read. Ah, okay, cool. And so yeah, thanks, James Courtney, for joining us and to Lux. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Any other things you want to mention before we go? 
No, just please do do check out our our app. If you go to uh, the App Store and search Lux Rewards, uh, then you'll find it. Um, and if you use the code JC5000, um, then you'll uh, get £5 worth of points as well. Okay, cool. So thank you so much for joining us. This is Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. So please like, please subscribe, please tell one person. And yeah, that's um, that's been, this has been Millennial Money Mindset. So thank you, James. Thank you, Neil. And uh, yeah, see you next time. <laughs>